Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Breakdown Podcast with your host, Pastor Brandon. Today, 1 Samuel chapter 14, and if I were to give this one a title, it would be Seek the Lord First. <laughs> so, like, it's okay to ask the Lord all kinds of stuff. It's okay to get excited. But before you jump off that cliff, it's always a good idea to seek the Lord first. And what we're going to see is a time when somebody did, and what happened, and then a time when somebody didn't, and they look like a fool. So we're going to get into that in just a moment. But before that, we do that, as always, if you like what we're doing here, make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and comment to our Facebook videos. Thank you so much for liking and doing all the things. It really does help us get the word out there. Also, if you are listening to this podcast, thank you so much for joining us every single day. I love you. I love seeing how many of you guys are sharing this. And also on Spotify, come on, you guys are doing amazing liking and giving getting that word out there. Thank you so much for doing that. Please keep doing that. And then as always, we all gather together at the Bible Breakdown discussion. And I just, I can't say enough good things about those amazing people over there. They're doing a wonderful job. They're helping us to just dig in and find more out of God's word. I'm gonna tell you, the more we dig, the more we find. And I just love it so much. And if you have your Bibles with me, you want to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 14, kind of catch you up again. What we're doing is If I were to give this an overall theme, it would be God's providence despite our silliness, or should I say foolishness. And what we can see throughout 1 Samuel is the the nation of Israel has gone from a just collection of tribes to now they are a kingdom underneath Saul. Now, God wanted them to be a kingdom under his rulership and his leadership, but they were like, no, not interested. We want us a king. And so, They anointed Saul. Saul has become king, and he is now running and ruling and reigning in this kingdom. And he's got a son named Jonathan and and some other family, and they are at war constantly with the Philistines. And that's what we're watching happen in this today is he's got a son who's like awesome. Like his his name is Jonathan. From everything we can tell, he was a, a godly man. He was a great guy, and he definitely has got a heart after God more than his dad does. And so what we're going to see is, is both these men, Saul and Jonathan, get ready to go and attack their enemies. But one of them asks God to kind of give him some direction first, and the other one just runs into battle. And we're going to see what happens and how important it is to ask God before we jump into stuff. So let's get ready. And for some of us, we're going to be like, yeah, <laughs> I could learn from this. And the others are like, no, nah, I got this one. So let's see how it is. Let's jump into this. First Samuel chapter 14, verse 1 says this. One day, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, now pause right there. What is an armor bearer? Well, armor bearer is exactly what it sounds like. Someone who bore your armor. <laughs> what it would normally be is a fellow soldier who would be in charge of keeping up with your armor, sharpening your sword, getting you whatever you needed so that this high-ranking military person could focus on the battle, focus on what needed to be done. So it was like their their sidekick, their number two. And that's what Jonathan has right here, is he has a fellow soldier who is also in charge of all of his gear, and that is his armor bearer. So here we go, first one again. One day, Jonathan said to his sidekick, his armor bearer, come on. Let's go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. 
but Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. Meanwhile, Saul and his 600 men were camped on the outskirts of Gabeah around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Among Saul's men was Ahaz, the priest, who was wearing the ephod, the priestly vest. Now pause again. Why does it matter what he's wearing? Well, the ephod was a sacred garment made for the priest to wear. So what this meant was, is he was on duty. He was the priest, and he was seeking after God, and he had this, if you read the old, um, the, the book of Numbers and Leviticus, he had this Urim and Thurim they would use to figure out what God's will was, and so the priestly garment meant that he was on duty. He was the one who was speaking for God in that moment. So he's like, Saul's got all this, and he's got the priest there as well. Ahaz was the son of Ichabod's brother, Ehud, son of Phinehas, son of Eli, the priest of the Lord who had served at Shiloh. So he's, he's the big cheese. He's the guy in charge. No one realized that Jonathan had left the Israelite camp. To reach the Philistine outpost, Jonathan had to go down between two rocky cliffs that were called Bozaz and Sina. On the cliff on the north side was the f- facing Michmash, and the other side on the south in the front of Geba. Let's go across to the outpost of those pagans, Jonathan said to his sidekick slash armor bearer. Perhaps the Lord will send us and help us, for nothing can hinder the Lord. He can win a battle, whether there are many warriors or only a few. Do what you think is best, the armor bearer replied. I am with you completely, whatever you decide. All right, then, Jonathan told him, we will cross over and let them see us. If they say to us, stay where you are or we'll kill you, then we will stop and not go up to them. But if they say, come on up and fight, then we'll go up. For the Lord, for this will be the Lord's sign that he will help us to defeat them. Now pause. So in other words, they're trying to figure out what God's will is. And so they say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put this before the Lord. And if this happens, this is the Lord speaking to us to go one way. If not, we'll go another way. So this was their way of trying to pray and ask God for help. Verse 11. When the Philistines saw them coming, they shouted, Look, the Hebrews are crawling out of their holes. Then the men from the outpost shouted at Jonathan, Come on up here, and we'll teach you a lesson. Come on, climb up behind me, Jonathan said to his armor bearer, for the Lord will help us defeat them. So they climbed up using both hands and feet, and the Philistines fell before Jonathan, and his armor bearer killed those who had come behind them. They killed some 20 men in all, and their bodies were scattered over about half an acre. Other words, there's a battle up in there. And Jonathan and his armor bearer, ain't no joke, all right? The John Wick of the Old Testament. Come on, somebody. All right, verse 15. Suddenly, panic broke out in the Philistine army, both in the camp and in the field, including even the outposts and the raiding parties. And just then, an earthquake struck, and everyone was terrified. You know, you know those Philistines were messed up. Like, man, first... First, we got this, this joker who's killing everybody, and now there's an earthquake. What's going on? <laughs> and so they messed up, and verse 16 says this. Saul's, Saul's lookouts at Gabeah of Benjamin saw a strange sight. The vast army of the Philistines began to melt away in every direction. Call the roll and find out who's missing, Saul ordered. And when they checked, they found that Jonathan and his armor bearer were gone. Then Saul shouted to Abash, bring the ephod here. For at that time, Abash was wearing the ephod in front of the Philistine, or the Israelites. But while Saul was talking to the priest, the confusion in the Philistine camp grew louder and louder. So Saul said to the priest, Never mind, 
Let's get going. So in other words, he was about to ask God, but then when he saw the confusion, he said, forget God. <laughs> Let's just go. So he didn't ask God. And watch what happens. Then Saul and all his men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. There was a terrible confusion everywhere. And even the Hebrews who had previously gone over to the Philistine army revolted and joined in with Saul, Jonathan, and the rest of the Israelites. Likewise, the men of Israel who were hiding in the hill country of Ephraim joined the chase when they saw the Philistines running away. So the Lord saved Israel that day, and the battle continued to rage even beyond Beth Haven. So, so far so good. And isn't it amazing how sometimes when we don't ask God, we can do okay for a little while, but eventually something like this happens. Here we go. Verse 24 says this. Now, the men of Israel were pressed to exhaustion that day because Saul had placed them under an oath, saying, Let a curse fall on anyone who eats before evening before I have my full revenge on my enemies. So no one ate anything all day, even though they had found honeycomb on the ground in the forest. They didn't dare touch that honey because they all feared the oath they had taken. But Jonathan had not heard his father's command, and he dipped the end of his stick or staff into a piece of honeycomb and ate the honey. After he had eaten it, he was refreshed. But one of the men saw him and said, Oh, your father made the army take a strict oath. Anyone who eats that food today will be cursed. This is why we're all weary and faint. Oh, man, my father has made trouble for us all, Jonathan exclaimed. A command like that only hurts us. See how refreshed I am now that I've eaten just a little bit of honey? If the men had been allowed to eat freely from the food they found among their enemies, think of how many more Philistines we could have killed. They chased and killed the Philistines all day from Michmash to Ajalon, growing more and more faint. That evening, they rushed for the battle, uh, battle plunder and butchered the sheep, goat, cattle, and calves, but they ate them without draining the blood. That's disgusting. <laughs> so someone reported it to Saul. Look, the men are sinning against the Lord by eating meat that still has blood in it. Ah, <laughs> that's so gross. So Saul, Captain Obvious, says, you know what? That's very wrong, Saul said. <laughs> Thank you, Captain Obvious. Find a large stone and roll it over here. Then go among the troops and tell them, bring the cattle, the sheep, and the goats here to me. Kill them here and drain the blood before you eat them. Do not sin against the Lord by eating meat while the blood is still in it. And because it's gross, right? So that night, all the troops brought their animals and slaughtered them there. Then Saul built an altar to the Lord, and it was the first of the altars the, he had built to the Lord. Then Saul said, Let's chase the Philistines all night and plunder them until sunrise. Let's destroy every last one of them. But his men replied, and his men replied, We'll do whatever you think is best. But the priest said, Can we please ask God first? <laughs> Let's ask God first. Verse 37. So Saul asked God, should we go up after the Philistines? Will you help us defeat them? But God made no reply that day. Then Saul said to his leaders, Something's wrong. I want all my army commanders to come here. We'll find out what sin was committed today. And I vow by the name of the Lord who rescued Israel that the sinner will surely die, even if it's my own son, Jonathan. But no one would tell him what the trouble was. Can you imagine how awkward that moment was? Even if it's Jonathan. Of course, the whole time Jonathan's going, well, what if it is me, Dad? <laughs> but now they got to do it. 
Then Saul said, verse 40, Jonathan and I will stand over here and all of you stand over there. And the people responded to Saul, whatever you think is best. Then Saul prayed, O Lord, God of Israel, please show us who is guilty and who is innocent. Then they cast the sacred lots and Jonathan and Saul were chosen as the guilty ones and the people were declared innocent. Then Saul said, now cast lots again and choose between me and Jonathan. And Jonathan was shown to be the guilty one. Tell me what you have done, Saul demanded of Jonathan. Well, I tasted a little honey, Jonathan admitted. It was only a little bit on the end of my stick or staff. Is that worthy of death? Does that deserve death? Yes, Jonathan, Saul said. You must die. May God strike me and even kill me if you do not die for this. But the people broke in and said to Saul, Jonathan has won this great victory over Israel. Should he die? Far from it. As surely as the Lord lives, not one hair on his head will be touched. For God helped him do a great deed today. So the people rescued Jonathan, and he was not put to death. Then Saul called back the army from chasing the Philistines, and the Philistines returned home. Now, when Saul had secured his grasp on Israel's throne, he fought against his enemies in every direction, against Moab, Ammon, Edom, the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines. And wherever he turned, he was victorious. He performed great deeds and conquered the Amalekites, saving Israel from all those who plundered them. Saul's sons included Jonathan, Ishbosheth, and Makusha. He also had two daughters. Merab was the older, and Michal. <laughs> Try that one if you want to. That, that from the ACH. Michal. Saul's wife was Ahinoam, the daughter of Himahaz. And the commander of Saul's army was Abner, the son of Saul's uncle, Ner. In other words, his cousin. Saul's father, Kish, and Abner's father, Ner, were both sons of Abel. The Israelites fought constantly with the Philistines throughout Saul's lifetime. So whenever Saul observed a young man who was brave and strong, he drafted him into the army. So, a big story there about what's going on. And what can we take away from this? Because remember, in the Old Testament... God's word teaches us through story and through principle. And so we can pull out of this so many different principles that we can apply to our life. And there's so many things I'd love to hear in the comments down below or in at our Facebook discussion, some of the different takeaways that you have from this chapter. But if I were to give you a takeaway, it would be this. In life, we're going to have various different battles. We're going to have battles that we face alone, battles we face with one or two armor bearers, close friends. We're going to have battles we're going to face with Big groups of people. But no matter how big or how small the battle, it's always important to seek God's wisdom first. Jonathan and his armor bearer did it in their own way. They say, God, if this is what happens, then we're just gonna we're gonna move through whatever open door you put in front of us. You know, if they ask us this, then we're gonna move through that open door. If they ask us that, we'll go through that one. But we're gonna go through your open doors. When the opportunity came for Saul to do something, he was going to ask God, but then got busy. And decided he didn't want to. And what's so sneaky about life is that for a little while, things can look okay. It can look like everything is exactly the way it's supposed to be. But then if we're not careful and we continue to not bring God into the conversation, it will always eventually lead us to places that we don't want to go. You know, it leads to a situation where maybe it doesn't affect you as much, but yet it can affect your family. It can affect those who are with you. So it's always good to ask God first. How do we apply this to our life? Well, what are you facing right now? You have a decision ahead of you. 
Maybe your family is going through a difficult season and you need to make some decisions or, or maybe you've made some decisions and now you're trying to figure out how to walk them out. Well, why don't you get God involved in the process? Ask God to open up the right doors, to give you the grace to not try to open closed doors and to always bring God into the conversation. And watch what happens. Watch how there'll be times when he will fling doors open in front of you. And then there'll be times when he will put you through a season of just trust me. And if I will make you a promise, though. If you do the right thing for the right reason, God will always point you in the right direction. So don't be afraid to ask God first. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much that you are worthy of our praise. And Lord, you are trustworthy. Lord, I know in my life sometimes I've not asked you first because I was afraid of what you would say. And Lord, I pray that I'll never be like that. I pray that I'll never be afraid that you won't want to go my way, but rather I will trust that your way is the best. And so whatever way you lead is the way I want to go. And I pray you'll give us all the courage to take that next step with you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, don't forget God's word says in 1 Samuel chapter 12, be sure to fear the Lord and faithfully serve him. Think of all the wonderful things he has done for you. God's got a plan for your life. And despite our silliness and our foolishness, he's going to have his way so we can fully trust him. I love you. I'll see you tomorrow for 1 Samuel chapter 15.